Welcome to the Cover Zero podcast. I'm your host tonight, Jordan, joined by, as always, Jay. How are you doing, bro? Doing great, bro. After a Raider win, you know, come on, gotta be doing great. And the way we won, yeah, come on, man. Gotta be. Gotta be feeling great on this day, man. Mm -hmm. Gotta be feeling great on this day. We'll have uh, some things to say on the Raiders, of course, coming up later in the show. As you guys know, or if this is your first time listening, the Sunday show features the highs. It also features the lows. And we'll be able to, to go ahead and tackle both of those. But particularly on Sunday, because we are positive people, not just on Sunday, in general, we are right. positive people. We tend to start with the bad and close it out with the good. So that's what we're going to have to start today is in the what's going on for week nine. Oh, wow. Is them again? <sighs> Cover zero. Nice to hear from you again. This is the NFL executive office. How can I help you today? What? I, I just have one question. And what is your question? What's going on? What's going on? Jay, who lands here for you? I got Seattle, bro. I got Seattle. You know, I know we picked the, we picked the Ravens to win, <laughs> you know, and, and they won. But, I mean, the way they did it, man, I think right. with me, it's just disappointing on how that offense performed. We talk about the trenches all the time and how they need to protect. And we didn't see none of that today. Geno was sacked four times. I mean, yeah, you got to put some blame on Geno because he didn't play well. But if you cannot block for him, your offense is dead, bro. You know, mm -hmm. it's just dead. And and I get the Ravens pass rush. We talked about that was going to be a problem. But right. I just expected Shane, who I've been talking about a lot on this show over the last few weeks here, you just, you know, kind of like, I guess, make things a little bit easier for Geno and just expecting that pass rush to really get after him. And we just didn't see that, man. He completed 46% of his passes. He had one interception, no touchdowns. It just was It was a bad showing, mm -hmm. man. It was a bad showing. And, again, I put it on the whole offense. You've got to start with the offensive line. But I start with Shane probably more than anybody else because I expected him to kind of make things a little bit easier. I wanted him to kind of – you know, um, have a better game plan than what he did going into this game. That's not what we've seen. It's, it really, it really is what we've seen for usually at least from them there. Gino just seems to be, I like that he's being aggressive this year, mm -hmm. but there are so many times where his aggression comes out and it's just like, Oh, Gino, that is just, that is not the move. There was an interception that he had last week against the Browns. Right. Threw it right to Emerson. Like there was no, like reason for it. He had another one today, the one that he threw to Geno Stone. I mean, it just felt like this was a game where, and I talked about this, I think, when we previewed the Cincinnati game, where Seattle has a game, they yeah, go on the road, and they just do a dud. And here we are again, them doing the same thing. I mean, both of us were, like, talking about the spread, the five-point spread, them kind of finishing somewhere in there. Today, they went and lost by 31, no, 34. It was 37 to 3. 37 to 3. 37 yeah, to 3. Zero points in the second half. Three scoreless quarters. I mean, just just real bad right now. And I mean, yeah. I think better days ultimately are ahead. They really ran into that buzzsaw today. But when you have aspirations of finishing like this season out really strong and being able to compete in the NFC, when you go against these top tier teams, you got to at least show that you can hang. And today that wasn't even right. Good. No, wasn't even it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's disappointing because we've seen them hang last year with all mm -hmm. the tough teams. So. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately yeah. still want to say they're capable of that. 
but it's tough to it's tough to still stand by that when you see what we saw today. Right. So right, right. yeah, we'll see if we can get back to the drawing board. But the Ravens, you want to talk about a team that just seems so much in a yeah, different man. echelon of what right. Seattle actually is. And I think the gap might be a little bit closer, but the Ravens right now, as it stands, they have played two other division winners from throughout the uh, the, the NFC right now. Seattle currently was in the lead for the NFC West going into this week. When they played against the Lions, and still the case in the NFC North, they played them too. Yeah. Combined score, yeah. 75 to 9. <laughs> yeah. Ravens right now, yeah. bro. Yeah, like like you got it. You got that's that's the elites of what you're talking about when you look across the scope of the NFL and if Seattle, which I think rightfully so does have those Super Bowl aspirations and those type of things are at least making a push into the post. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't make that move also for Leonard Williams like they did if you don't have that in mind. Mm-hmm. But we got to see a better effort from that one. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely in the case right there. I've got another team here in the NFC for my what's going on. Not necessarily a team, more so the coach of the team. And that is Arthur Smith, the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know what has happened to him since he took over that role, particularly this year, mostly. Because we right, were right, pro right. when he was with the Titans. Yeah. We yeah. Doing. We, I still yeah. like a lot of things that he's done over there, conceptually right, right, right. and stuff. Right. But it seems like the last this year and various times throughout his his tenure where i am so dumbfounded at the things he does and it's some of it's today and some of it has been things that led up to today that landed me here so like in week eight we all we talked about you had will levis as your icu rightfully so in that game though something that we didn't talk about ritter was benched in that game for taylor heineke now the falcon staff said in that game the reason was was for a concussion they wanted to have him checked after the game, they asked Ritter about that, and he said, I don't remember being hit hard, never felt like my head got contacted, but, you know, if that's what they say, that's what they say. That's what I'm going to do. And so he did. He got cleared in the third quarter, but Arthur Smith didn't put him in. He left Taylor Heineke out there. Right. Okay. At the end of the game, they asked him, hey, did you leave Taylor out there because, Ritter, you still wanted to be cautious with him, which is the easy answer. Just simply say, yeah, you know, we wanted to make sure he was cleared for concussion and stuff. We don't, we'd rather be on the safe side than be on the risky side. Instead, Arthur Smith says, well, no, it wasn't that. We just felt like, you know, we needed to make a decision that was best for the team and keep going that way. Kind of odd. Arthur Smith, right. right. Then, whenever that guy talks to the media, it's almost like he's angered and like there's no way that he can answer the question and it's super mysterious. There were there were times leading up to the game this week where they asked if it was going to be Ritter or if it was going to be Heineke. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, we got to decide what's best for the team. We're going to evaluate things. It might be Ritter. It might be Heineke. I don't know. Basically not even answering the question. Right, right, right. Also mentioning people criticizing Desmond Ritter. He mentioned this. This is an actual quote here. This isn't me just paraphrasing. This is a quote, right? Because Kurt Warner made a video Talking about Desmond Ritter's shortcomings, Kurt Warner breaks down film, calls it study ball on his channel. Right. Kurt knows what he's talking about. We all know this. And he brings this up and says, yeah, uh, people who criticize uh, Desmond Ritter only do it because of toxic groupthink. And that's people who don't watch the film. Like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like why are we doing this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's- and then going into today, 
What does he do? He benches Desmond Ritter <laughs> for Taylor Heineke. Yeah. So they play the game. The Atlanta Falcons have Bijan Robinson, who they spent a top eight draft pick on. Yeah. They have Kyle Pitt, who they spent a top five draft pick on. And they have Drake London, who they spent a top draft pick on. Drake London was not playing today. He was out. He was injured. Right. But there seems to be some weird reason, not seems to be, there definitely is a weird reason why he won't use those guys. Okay? I don't get it. Yeah. Today, yeah. Jonu Smith and who, what's his name? Kaderil Hodge out-targeted Pitts and Bijan, out-touched the two of them. There was a sequence in the second quarter, bro, where I, I went back and I watched the game. There was a sequence in the second quarter. First and goal. Right. They get they get a on the on the one. They get a false start. So they got to do first and goal again. They they throw a screen pass to Jonu Smith. A screen pass designed. Jonu Smith. He gets it down to the one yard line again. The right. next play is a jet sweep to Jonu Smith. Stuff. The next play is I formation run to the left. Tyler Algier. Stuff. They got to kick a field goal. Bijan Robinson. Guess how many plays? Those four plays. Guess how many of those he was on the field for? Zero, right? Zero, and you you scheming up stuff for John New Smith. You can't go to Kyle Pitts. Like if I was gonna design a red zone offense, and I'm a good offensive, you gotta use yeah, you gotta use you not man. use I mean, that's Robinson. that's clear. Or Pitts. I mean, because yeah. tight ends is like clear as day for 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 the red zone for the end zone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, that yeah, that's puzzling there, man. And you know, it's crazy too because. Like you said, we talked about Arthur Smith a lot, man. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's random how he has games like this because he's called some really good games too. But for whatever reason, there's games where he will do or make calls that just don't really make sense. And you have the talent there. Like you said, Drake didn't play today. But Kyle's out there. We've been talking about that. He's not really being utilized. But Jean, who they just drafted, who's been playing well this season. Been playing good. Really utilizing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 1,000 on that, bro. I mean, we see you when Bijan's on the field. There's not a ton of creativity with him. It's mainly just like Bijan get a screen pass. Bijan make eight nine dudes miss. Bijan out there playing basketball with the ball and behind the back like stuff we saw against the Packers. Like right. his ability is undeniable. It jumps off the screen. And a guy that we have seen offensive creativity and ingenuity from before doesn't seem to want to sprinkle Bijan into that pot of offensive creative gumbo that he once had. Right. And I don't know why that continues to be. Right. right. When asked in the postgame presser about the lack of usage for Bijan, Arthur Smith says, you know, if you were in the room, if you were seeing what we were doing, and if you knew how things worked, you would you would not be asking me this question. Like, it's too complicated yeah. for me to tell you why I'm not giving the ball to my stupidly talented running back, right. and instead I'm giving the ball to Tyler Algier. Right. Like, that's like, like he insults people with this stuff. Yeah. I just, I, I don't get it. He even went as far, bro, as to say in the presser, he was like, I mean, that'd be like, let me like, let's talk, let's talk about, let's talk about global warming. Let's talk about politics. He looks over at one reporter. What's your thought on politics? What's your thought on global warming? And they kind of look around, and this is awkward silence in the room. And he's like, no, but that's what you're doing. When you ask me that about Bijan, you know, that's what you're doing. 
What is going on, bro? What is going on? Did you not know that part of being a head coach, you got to talk to the media? Did you not know this? Are you new? What What is happening? Yeah, <laughs> bro, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Now this is back-to-back weeks with the Falcons where they got waxed by Will Levis in his first start. Granted, Will was tearing him up. And then also got beat by Josh Dobbs five days in a purple Viking jersey. Yeah, What's going on? We got to add to it, too. I think another thing, too, is just the managing of the quarterbacks. Like you said, you brought up Desmond Ritter and Tyler Heineke. But, two, just the whole thing of not even trying to draft a quarterback, not even really feeling the urgency of trying to move up to get one. Bijan is great. I knew he was going to go in the first. I figured he would go pretty early. But I felt like Atlanta was somebody that needed a quarterback. They could have got the guy that just shredded them up last week, Will Levis. They could have moved up and possibly got one of them other quarterbacks. So, yeah, the managing of the quarterback situation, the most important situation, doesn't make sense either. It doesn't. And it's like he can't just be honest about it. You know, like, yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. it's like the like managing. He's, he's out like he's somehow outsmarting us. Like he. Yeah. We don't know why, but he knows everything, you know. But he knows everything. Yeah. I mean, you, toxic <laughs> group think for people who don't watch film. When right. Kurt's like every people watch film. This is it's out there. Right. I just I don't know. I got I seriously want to know what's going on. Like, is he OK up here? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems very uncharacteristic. Maybe it's a mustache, bro. You know, he got that new mustache be. thing going on, man. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, bro. I just don't. You know, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. It's wild. And I mean, if it weren't for Young Way Koo today, they did put up 28 points. Young Way Koo, their kicker, had half of that. Today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just absolutely nuts. And so. Yeah, Atlanta fans, uh, yeah, I th- we will move to our I see you next, but I see you in this sad situation, and that's why I got to ask, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah, We'll move over to the lighter side, the brighter side, the, the things that caught our attention for good reason. I see you, bro. I see what you're doing out there. I like it. I see what you're doing. I see you. Mm. It's the I see you, bro, and who do you have on this Sunday? Man, come on, man. It's the Raiders. I mean, we we, we got to look, man. Let's start with AP, bro. We got to start with AP. Um, Antonio Pierce, that is, man. I mean, for him to get this team to play this this good on a short week after the head coach was fired um, and for them to put up that many points, the shutouts, everything, man. I mean, we haven't had a shutout like that since Arizona of last year, the game we lost. Um, we haven't put – it hasn't been that big of a margin. Uh, as far as points uh, differentials since, I think, two, yeah, since 2015 versus Chargers in San Diego. And I actually was at that game. That was my oh, first. Uh, yeah, that was my, that was one. Was that my first Raider game? I think that was my first Raider game. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, just, and on both sides of the ball, too. I mean, the defense played well. Eight sacks. We haven't had eight sacks in a game since 2010. Um, it's just crazy how. People think, you know, you need uh, super X's and those. I'm not saying Antonio Pierce is not X's and those guys, but you can tell he's definitely more for the players, the players' coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. More of a guy that leads men mm-hmm. than, you know, just this guy that just knows everything about offense or knows everything about defense. Sometimes that's not the way we go. You see what Mike Vrabel is doing right now. You see what Dan Campbell is doing right now. Sometimes those are the coaches that you need. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes these players, man, they, they play all out. And they played all out today, man. Max Crosby had another monster game, three sacks. I think it's only one other time where he's done that. 
Um, Josh Jacobs had his best game. You know, you want to see the average go up with him. He only averaged, uh, I think, three, yeah, three point eight yards per carry. Three point eight, yeah. He, he had a hundred, but then there was that stop on third and one. Yeah, but then he got tackled yeah. that loss. Yeah, that the third and one because they so yeah, messed him up a little bit. But he'll yeah. be fine. You know, um, he yeah. played with a lot of bursts. Yeah, yeah, and you know Marcus Peters, you know he finally looked like he wanted to tackle, you know, um, because he's been just poor. But part of that, I think, yeah. is Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's my boy yeah. too. That's been my boy since since Washington. Um, but yeah, man, just the whole team in general, man, they played really, really well. You seen them celebrating at the end? They smoking a cigar. I smoking wish I was cigar. in that locker room. I mean, they just Bro, all. Hell yeah. They, they, yeah. You see, Mark Dave, Mark Davis is in there. You know, when he wasn't smoking, but he was next to Max Crosby, and they was just doing their thing, man. So the team is really happy. This is one of these wins too, where it's like, okay, maybe this can be the guy if he can get a few more wins. Which the way he dominated today, and you look at the mm-hmm. remaining schedule outside of Miami and the Chiefs, you know, um, the other games are are definitely winnable games, especially if they continue to play like this. And then Aiden. Sure. You know, and, and this just would don't make sense to me with Josh McDaniels. A lot of a lot of a lot of the stuff he did didn't make sense. But you've seen how Aiden, and we've seen this in the Charger game. We've seen how he stretched in the preseason game. We've seen yeah. how he can oh, use his, his arm. arm to stretch yes. to stretch the field, you know, mm-hmm. and how talented he is as far as being accurate. Josh McDaniels drafted him. You know mm-hmm. what you got in him. And it's just one of it was one of those things where it was like, okay, you can't even utilize your own playbook. Because the guy that you want to start either is not healthy, he's hurt, or he just don't have the arm. His arm is shot, you know. Um, and then not only that, he wasn't even that. He hasn't been accurate this year. Jimmy G, that is. So yeah, been off. for me, yeah, he's been off. But but to me, you've seen what Aiden was able to do, and that helped the running game a lot. And we've been talking about this all year, all year, bro. You know, at least since week two, week three. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, you know, I to me, what AP did, man, again, he he. He has little head coaching experience back in high school at Long Beach. But outside of that, he's been a linebacker's coach, assistant coaches. He's got experience, but not as a head coach. So for right. him to lead these men and really get them to play for him, man, um, was really, really impressive. Really, really impressive, man. That's, that's it was. my scene. It definitely has to be the ICU. There were a couple throws today from Aiden O'Connell that were, part, that were not parts of, of the offense at all. The two that I mostly rem- reminisced about, the two that at least come to mind right off the top of the head, was the deep ball at a tray, the rookie yeah. that he had, where he like laid out, got it. That one was yeah, right there. For it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just being able to access two of these rookies that you grabbed in the draft and being able to tap into their skill sets simultaneously. Right. That's right. one. The other one, it was a drop. I almost wonder if there was like some confusion on the on the on the route or on the play call because it was on it was on a uh, it was I think it was in the third quarter and we had Devonte lined up in the slot to the left with Jacoby Myers out wide to the left and both of them ran like in like they released inside and then ran up and both really broke out they were only separated by about four yards of difference which usually in a passing concept you don't want guys that close together it's just it's not right right right, like, right 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 but Aiden like he's he saw Adams had the leverage on his defender but you had the outside corner who was sitting on the route that Myers was running kind of like reading the reading the ball when it was coming mm-hmm. Aiden had a box bro to fit that ball in that was the size of this eight by 11 paper maybe smaller 
than it. Tay ended up dropping it because the cl- the corner was closing. He couldn't see, but it's like even the announcer, Mark Sanchez, former quarterback, everybody knows he's like, I don't even know how Aiden fit that ball in there. That was the only place it could go, and yeah. he did it in there, right? Like, sure, it en- ended up in an incompletion, whatever. You know, good play by the defense, that type of thing. But Just to the accuracy have that he has, that right? Type of ability, that accurate, that accuracy, able to trigger and make tight window throws already. And this guy's just getting started hearing a new voice in that in that headset, working with the ones for the first time this week. I mean, it, it you're right. And AP even talked about it himself. He said, I'm not easily and Devontae even talked about AP in this way. He said, Yeah, AP's not like out there calling the offensive plays, but he knows what it takes to win. We trust this right. dude. A, a, Devontae even said he said, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for this guy. Right, yeah. you can yeah. just. I was ready to play. I when he I did his press dead. conference, and he said, he said, because I, 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 we all know about Antonio. We've been watching yeah. football forever, but I didn't know he was from Compton. I didn't know, I didn't know that, that, you know. So yeah. that's that's only up the street from where from where I live, you know. So being from Compton, being a Raider fan, being saying he was born this way and all this, it just fired me up, bro. I was ready to just put the pads on, and say, look, man, throw me out there, coach. You know, what I'm saying whatever you need me to do. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, so yeah, bro. Hey, that that was uh that that was that was man. It just fired up the nation. And then when mm-hmm. he, the thing is though, you know, sometimes as Raider Nation, we get all hyped, and then when the product get on the field, it's like, okay, this ain't it, you know. But it translated really well. We seen that thirty mm-hmm. to six. They played well on both sides of the ball. I, you know, I, I want to see if he want to keep if, if he can keep it going. Now there's film on what both pedigree right. does as all for an offense, what he wants to do, how Aiden is playing. Obviously they had some tape on him with the Charger game. But, you know, mm-hmm. now they got more tape on him and how AP wants to run his team, how he wants to get his players to play. Now there's right. film out there and we're going against a real good defense next week. I cannot Sunday night. The game that you're gonna be at I, I I'm gonna be in that building. Home. Yeah. Can't hey, wait now. Like sir. the feeling from like after that Lions win before we fired Josh mm-hmm. to the feeling now after the Giants win since we have fought like just man it yeah shit done changed yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. done change yeah. like just the feeling and the energy is going to be so much better and I just you know it, but going and getting wins against two New York teams we could do that that type of turnaround mm-hmm. and morale and momentum in sports and in so many things in life it's it's a real component to life it is very real and this could be the start of that. And I want to go ahead and see if we can go ahead and keep catching on to that and ride it even further. My I see you today. I did see the Raiders. That was very, that was very rejoiceful. But there was in the early window, there was a young quarterback today that I want to say in in many ways put to bed the idea of what it meant to be an Ohio State quarterback in the NFL. Right. And that is CJ Stroud today. Yeah. He finishes 30 of 42 sets the NFL rookie record for passing yards in a single game, yeah. chucking that thing for four, seven, five touchdowns Crazy. against five a Todd defense. Bowles yeah. defense, bro. Like, yeah. we've talked yeah. about how this yeah. Bucks team is no slouch, even when we thought that their wins and losses wouldn't be all that high. We always yeah. gave the credit and the respect to that defense, and rightfully so. C.J. Stroud today becomes the youngest player to post a 5-TD, zero-interception game in the history of the NFL. With him, he is the thing that stands out the most. If I, were to, if I were to like just comprise it into a shorter term, is it's he is so advanced while also being so aggressive. Right, 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 now. right, right. 
And I, I just love seeing that from a young from a from a youngster like him, currently leading the NFL in air yards per attempt versus the blitz. You want to come after me? I'm gonna make you pay. We saw that today. Todd Bowles was sending that heat after mm-hmm. him early in that <laughs> right. first half, right? right? Sending that heat after him early. In the second half, CJ had a stretch from like the third quarter to early, early, early fourth, mm-hmm. where he lit him up for three TDs. And Todd's like, nah, we gotta. Yeah, we, we gotta, need we need to fall back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we gotta stop. We can't we can't keep undressing uh Carlson Davis out there on the outside. We we can't keep doing that. Right, He's getting right. worked, but it didn't matter by who. And he kept getting worked as the game right. went on because CJ was dealing. I mean, it's something as small as there was a play in like early in the game. They ran a bounce concept. A bunch of teams run bounce concept. You see it a lot versus all the quarters coverage that we see. What it is is it's a, a two receiver side where the inside receiver runs just a quick little hitch. The receiver on the outside runs it in behind him. You basically just read the underneath defender. If he jumps to the hitch, you throw the in. If he sinks to the end, you got the hitch. So he reads it right. The problem is when you got to throw that in, if the safety and a quarter's coverage recognize it, he's he's coming downhill and he's going to have a nice shot or an ability to be able to disrupt the pass in the inbreaker. CJ knows this, so he right, throws right. the ball low and away. So when there was, so when Tank Dell's breaking on the end, he could see it go down and get it. The accuracy is protecting his receiver. Right, we right. see that's just one example. This guy does this so yeah, often. Yeah. Just being able to put those things in those like advantageous positions. I mean, he's hitting like big boy throws on time all the time, right? There was a, they ran a stutter go in the third quarter to tank Dell. And he doesn't just do like the typical, like, you know, a little one of these with yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, right, right, right. no, right. he fully, he gets low. I thought like the dude was listening to like, you know, like T pain <laughs> after bottom jeans or whatever, bro. You see him in the pocket. He like, <laughs> he's right. getting, he getting loose. He was right. feeling himself. And then he, he rolls his shoulders like that and hits him with it and then comes over the top. That ball, it was he got Carlton Davis in a trail technique because he came on the stutter. Right. Dale's going down the right sideline and just lofted it over him perfectly. And he knew what he did, too. He, he knew that he hit him with it. It was just absolutely beautiful. And despite all this, Baker and the, and the Bucks were hanging. Throughout the course, yeah, of they were there though, right, right, yeah. right, right. This game came down to the end. It was really, it was really dope. I had that Seattle game on early in the morning, but then you know the the Ravens happened, so I changed channel, turn on this right, game. Right, right, right. <laughs> the Ravens that happened. Other exactly. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and there ended up being there was two sequences. There was a fourth and goal from the nine in like the fourth quarter early, where they were down, and D'Amico says, "No, let's go for it." They they draw up a play. And he hits, uh, who was he? he? hits um Dalton Schultz in the corner for the end zone. Mm-hmm. It was just on an out route against quarters. They ran a motion to confirm the quarters. Okay, we got a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. There was a time when he released this ball. Like, Dalton Schultz hadn't even broke to the out yet. They had a safety sitting in co- inside coverage, inside leverage, in case he released in there. And the corner's got to take him on the outside. The only reason this was able to be completed as it was, because we know Dalton Schultz, he's not no speed demon tight end. He's more of like a savvy type of dude. Right, right. And yeah, CJ, just the timing of that release, the timing and seeing and recognizing the coverage was on fire and on point. Mm-hmm. It got down to the point to where they were down four with 30 seconds left to go in the game. No timeouts and at midfield. Mm-hmm. He completes this pass, I want to say, to Noah Brown today. Yeah. And they get up and they spike it. Then he hits Tank Dell on this whole shot. Yeah. 
They caught them in a cover two sink. So the corner is sinking on the flat. And there's just this little itty bitty pocket on the left sideline from the safety to the sinking corner. And Stroud just feathers that ball in there just perfect. Right. Next play, post route to skinny post to Tank Dell again, touchdown. Sealed the game winning one. Right. Just that type of comeback to cap off the day where he's setting records, man. Loving what I'm seeing right now. And the cherry on the Sunday for the Texans today. Kaimi Fairbairn, their kicker, he got hurt at like, I don't know, the first quarter or something like that. So Daria Ogumbawale, their like third string running back, he's out there doing kickoffs. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, out there he's doing it all because yeah. he had him line up for a field goal in like the fourth quarter and he or like the third or fourth quarter and he makes it. It's a short field goal and he barely made it. You could totally tell he's a running back right. kicker. Just right, the way right. he looked, right? He make it. And so then D'Amico, you can see on the sideline, D'Amico's like good head coaches. We all know good head coaches. They're going to plan ahead based right. on score. Yes, right, right, right. Yeah, they, they got all that stuff. because They got they got all these other things they got to worry about. So you see D'Amico, like you see the wheels turning up there after he makes it. But then he sees Ogumba Wale just like, I made a kick, coach. D'Amico loses it. Just like, ah, yeah, okay, cool. Like, yeah, just their, their running back is kicking field goals. And their rookie is slaying a Todd Bowles defense. Yeah. I see you, Texans. And I see you, CJ Stroud. CJ's the real deal, bro. He is the real deal. We talked about him a little bit throughout this season so far. But today, that, that was a great one. I see that. That was a great one to see. I mean, you know what? And it's not, it's, it's, it's not, look, he's been, we just talked about, he's been balling throughout this whole year. He's only had mm-hmm. a couple games, I could say, where he wasn't all of that. For the most right. part, man, he's played really, really well, man. So I'm expecting a lot. I mean, not he's not going to have five touchdowns and zero interceptions every game. But I'm expecting him to continue to play well and only get better. It's his rookie right. season. I mean, this is not like, you know, rookie season with a rookie head coach. With guys, yeah. you know, we didn't even think they mm-hmm. had weapons like this. Tank Dale coming out of nowhere, they, who they just drafted. You know, um, right. yeah, Nico I mean, Collins has always, like, like, guys that have shown something, but, like, but going into the be, year, you weren't no, like, oh, look at this receiver yeah. core. No one was saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like he has a hand in that. And that's crazy. I mean, normally we talk about quarterbacks that make wide receivers better. We're not talking about rookies doing that. Exactly. You know? um, so he's also mm-hmm. actually making these wide receivers better than what they were. So that mm-hmm. shout out CJ Stroud. That's a good one. Shout out CJ Stroud, Billy Slovak over there, the offensive coordinator. Just they they really got something to work with. And I remember around draft time, there was, I guess, questions about C.J. Stroud's ability to be able to process a lot of information based on how he scored on that S2 cognition test, which was kind of the modern day replacement for the Wonderlick. And he didn't score very high on it at all. And that the however much people placed value on that sort of type of thing is how like smart quarterback wise it is. But again, here he is just showing no. Like he said also, you give me time, I'm gonna make people pay. And that's exactly right. what he did today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The AFC South, man, uh like in the next two years, like, like we've seen so far, very small sample yeah. size. We halfway through a yeah. season, Stroud right. doing what he's doing. We all know Trevor. Anthony Richardson right. before the injury struck, he was looking really good as well right. had some pretty amazing throws and then now the titans tapping into what they got with will levis this we could be seeing yeah. something of a quarterback like you know quadrant down there in the south 
go ahead and keep your eye on that here and we'll keep an eye on it too um yeah man week week nine we had some teams on a bye we had some very high marquee matchups uh and it was cool to have each one kind of stacked through each window miami in the morning right. and then we had seattle in the more in the in miami early morning seattle morning afternoon was dallas right, and right, philly right. which came down to the wire uh yeah, philly ended up pulling game. that one out that was, that was a good game so here we are. Keep it locked with the Cover Zero podcast. Appreciate y'all listening. If you're going to be at the game, uh, go ahead, get at me, slide the DMs, give me, a, give me a text. We can link up, have a beer, have a brew, and most definitely get to go see Raider Nation on Sunday.